Storm Bowling Products. The Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast is Ken Yogabowski. Ken is the head bowling coach at Caldwell University. Ken, it's Tim Berg and Coach K. Steve Klemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on the podcast. Ken, we had you on a podcast probably a couple years back. Would love to know your thoughts on how you feel you've grown as a coach for the team there at Caldwell University. Well, it's been a uh, remarkable change in, in growth from our first year to this year from uh, our freshman year just fielding a team and, and getting uh, enough players to compete to now to where we have uh, a full staff, a full staff of, of players that are joining the team, and we have a, a roster of you know, total and complete bowlers. Um, what a learning experience it's been for me as I've gone along of being part of now of the NCAA and learning how they do things and and setting up the roster and all the things that you have to do that go along with that. Now, do you think some of this, as far as the planning out and and the development process and and, uh, the advancements over the years, do you take this, uh, some of the strategy um, from your time with Team USA and working with Coach Fred Borden? Absolutely. Um, The major difference, uh, however, we were given the players – uh, on Team USA, and we worked with the players we were given. So the biggest change for me is having to actually go out and seek the players and, and try to get them into the school uh, myself. So that's been the biggest change. But in terms of working with the players, uh, you know, when you have an opportunity to be uh, schooled by, in my opinion, the greatest coach of all time, uh, and working with not only Fred Borden, but Jerry Edwards and also Gordon Vatican, uh, you know, you can't help but have them rub off on you. Hey, hey, Ken, there seems to be this growing debate, at least on the PBA side of things, regarding urethane. I'd love to get your perspective on urethane and how your team, you know, what your what your thought is as a team and how you guys approach urethane because we all know, you know, Storm and Roto have some some really solid urethane pieces that work well out there when the conditions call for it. Yeah, uh, we, we bowl on a variety of different uh, collegiate patterns, and we play five, five matches a day, so by the end of the day, the lanes do get pretty toasty, and it is nice to be able to have that opportunity to take out a urethane ball and maybe stay a little bit further to the right for the right-handers and play a little straighter up the lane so we don't have to worry about getting way inside there by the ball returns and you know, most of the women don't have the, the rev rates of the men. I mean, you know, most of us guys don't have the rev, rev rates of the tour players. So it's, it's a, a pleasure to take something like a pitch black uh, or the urethane cell and, and get out there and be able to play a little bit straighter up the lane. Yeah, urethane is, uh, you know, is definitely a good option. There's been a lot of, uh, a lot of titles. I remember it was just, uh, uh, just a couple of years ago when we had uh, uh, the Masters show was just uh, – uh, there was four or five of them, or I think it was four of the top five that made the show were using the pitch black, and uh, that was on a, not just it used to be exclusively on uh, 
a shorter pattern, you know, 33, 34, 35 feet or so, but the master's pattern was 39 feet. And we saw not just the the two-handed delivery like Jason Belmonte, but we had the, uh, I think it was Darren Tang and Michael Tang as well using the the urethane balls to advantage. So there has to be players seeing that as an advantage to use it, not even just on the shortest patterns, but even on the medium ones now. Yeah, I'd agree. And, you know, just allowing us to to play the front half of the lane perhaps a little bit straighter and not have to open it up as much in the front of the lane, it's, it's really a benefit to us. So Ken, uh, talk talk about what you do when when you bring a team in that's you know you're you're beginning you know we're at the beginning of the year right now. What are some of the things you work on now that you're you're hoping to get the the gals ready for so that when you start competing, uh, you know, in, in some of the tournaments later in mid part of the year, they're they're accustomed to everything and and nothing is going to be kind of new or a surprise to them. Well. Um... We are at somewhat of a disadvantage in, in the NCAA in that we're not allowed to work with our players over the summer. Um, so the first time I'm able to work with them is October 1st as a, as a team. Uh, rules have been recently changed that we can work with them individually over the summer, but we can't work with them as a team uh, until October 1st. So we'll have everybody come in. Uh, and we'll get them out on the lanes. We'll do some videotaping and just see how they've progressed over the summer from where we left off. And we'll just take a look at all their equipment, make sure that everything's in order there. And then we'll get started out on the lanes and, and get right into the to the meat and potatoes of it, working specifically on our, our spare shooting first. I always like to attack that first with our uh, single pin spares, especially uh, because I put such a high priority on spare shooting, uh, especially our single pin spares, that for me seems to be the most important way of improving from one year to the next. It would, now, what do you think? Do you, do you think that's is that a common belief or thought uh, in in our industry? And the only reason I ask is because so much. Uh, so much of what I've seen relates more to the, uh, you know, when you look at two-handed techniques and you look at the power game and how much of it's really just kind of gone towards string and strikes, um, where I almost get a feeling myself, and I'm, I'm kind of like you in terms of my beliefs, but I think the a lot of times it's, uh, you know, the, the art of spare shooting is kind of like a forgotten art almost. Is that is that kind of what you're seeing or thinking? Well, you know, I, I, I kind of agree with you. Um it's a lot easier for me to look at a spreadsheet after we're done, uh, and if we've missed the top four bracket by by 30 pins, and seeing that we've missed, uh, you know, six single pin spares, assuming you you equate each missed single pin to 11 pins on the score, we can look at that right there and say, well, if we would have just made three more 10 pins, we'd be in that bracket finals. That's a very easy way to look at it and see what we can improve upon, as opposed to saying. Well, where do we go if we if we didn't carry that extra strike in the fifth frame of this game or that? It's a much more definitive way. And for me, the top players out on the pro tour, whether they're one-handed or two-handed, they always seem to be the best spare shooters as well. Uh, you know, Walter Ray has always been one of the best spare shooters, as is Jason mm-hmm. Belmonte. And for Jason me, is, you're absolutely right. When I look at all of these players, that's uh, that's what they do best. You know, years ago, uh, a 200 average player made every spare and threw a double somewhere in the game. Today, it seems like the 200 average players 
throw six or seven in a row and have a few opens per game because they don't shoot spares in general as well as some of the better players did back then. So, Ken, how, are, how is bowling and what people are doing changing as far as on the fitness side of thing? It seems like the more and more you talk to collegiate players and coaches, they're implementing fitness routines and keeping their players in shape because of the long days and long travel periods you guys have. So what are you guys doing, and what's your thoughts on that, and how do you work that out with the ladies? That's absolutely correct. We put a extreme importance on, on fitness. Uh, it's mandatory in our program. Uh, we have a couple workouts per week, and we're not looking to build muscle or anything like that, but we want to get them a lot of cardio work because what I found over the past few years is that by the time Sunday rolled around, we were getting tired, and we needed a way to combat that, and, and we did it more with the cardio training than anything. Um, you know, Over the years, with few exceptions, <clears throat> I've never seen a muscle-bound bowler out on the tour. Uh, you look at golf, it's the same thing. They're, they're limber, they're lean, and they're toned, and that's what we're looking for. Yeah, that is, that is definitely something. Do you think that relates to uh, the importance of having a, like a free type of a swing, like a free arm swing? Yeah, I do. You know, it, in the old days when we were talking about urethane, it was always cup the wrist and finger hit it as hard as you can with that cupped wrist. And now it seems to be almost the reverse, where we go from the loaded to the unloaded position. And the best analogy that I can come up with is that you can't crack a whip with a rigid wrist. You need to have that flexibility mm. of, the, of the wrist to be rubbery at release point and allow the ball to come off of the thumb and almost bend the fingers back to create that snapping motion. Ken, it kind of reminds me of EJ Tackett a little bit, right? I mean, i I, exactly. I got to think I could... I could maybe take him in an arm wrestling competition, but I, I can't beat him in a rev rate contest, that's for sure. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, whenever we do clinics or we have uh, people come in for private lessons, because I still do that uh, quite a bit, everybody's always looking for more revs. And, you know, they come in and they say, oh, I, I, I want to hook it like Sean Rash or I want to hook it like E.J. Tackett. But, you know, every major league pitcher wants to throw at 103 miles an hour, but not everyone can. It's just the makeup of their tendons and muscles and how loose they are when they let it go. Mariano Rivera with the Yankees, he was a, a very thin guy, but he was very loose and limber, and he was able to create that speed coming off of his hand, not necessarily with muscle, but with the flexibility and the looseness and freedom of his release. So uh, regarding recruiting, taking a look at your roster, you have a lot of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Northeast-type bowlers. What are you doing in terms of recruiting to, um, to attract those bowlers, number one? But then are you trying to expand a little bit, maybe into Ohio, into Indiana, and even a little bit south into Virginia and, and uh, Maryland and the like? Well, I'm not limited in, in, into where I'm looking. Um, where I've tried to focus on is getting our team a little bit better in terms of of record and performance to attract some better players to us. Uh, you know, we started out our, our first year and we were four and 54. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't a real fun year for any of us, but the second year we came in and we were 36 and 48. Uh, our third year we were, uh, 48 and 52. And last year we had the most wins we've ever had. We were 50 and 58. So we've gotten better every year. Our spare shooting's gotten better every year. Uh, and we play, we were in the Northeast Conference, and we play four of the top 20 teams in the nation 
several times during the year. So our record, I don't think, is exactly reflective of where we were because we do play some pretty good teams. Uh, but we've progressed every year, and I think as our ranking goes up, that's going to make us a little more attractive to some other players outside of the area as well. And uh, I think when they see how our ladies are progressing in their own games, hopefully that would attract some players to come to us as well. Definitely piques some interest there, yeah, no doubt. Hey, final question I've got for you, Ken. Now, what's it like being a graduate of of Caldwell yourself and then coming back and now being the uh, head coach here now for five seasons? It's it's pretty wild. Um, I graduated from there. My mother graduated from there. uh, And they called me in. They called me up and said, hey, we're starting a bowling team. We'd like you to come in for an interview. And uh, it was kind of a wild thing to go in there and be able to start the program and, and set it up uh, however I wanted to set it up with a lot of help from Coach Vatican out at Wichita State. He's been a tremendous help and influence to me. Mm. Uh, but it, it's, it's really been special for me to be able to go back to where I graduated from and get this thing going because I'm really excited about it. Well, Ken, I want to thank you for joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast and all the best of luck with the team this year. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me.